pictures. Ozone is my witness, and I count like icons. Keep your eyes on the mistress. Wait, what is this? A lot of pressure on me. Spiggity spitting it. Hello, everybody. Live from Koreatown on a beautiful fall day. It is the Ozone. I'm your host, Omar Miller. I'm here with my brother, the Icons. We're listening to the music, and we're listening to the music of October, which is the MLB postseason, folks, and it's fantastic. How you feeling today, Icons? Great. A.K.A. Trolling Terry. <laughs> Great. It's another game that's about to be played shortly, and so I'm stoked. You sound very subdued with your your work. I'm I'm, I'm stoked with my work. <laughs> I was in lounge mode. I saw that. So, folks, we got a lot to cover today. This is our hundredth episode, ladies and gentlemen. We want to thank you for rocking with us, for listening to us all this time. Uh, it's meant a lot, and uh, we got a lot to cover. There's some boxing to cover. Uh, the women's WTA championships are going on out in Shanghai. I do believe it is. Um, Basketball, we got people spitting on people, getting in fights and whatnot. LeBron James missing free throws. Ooh, too early, too soon. But most importantly, we have the two best teams in baseball duking it out uh, in the World Series. And I want to get right into it. Game one of the World Series, we had a very thrilling National League Championship Series with the Dodgers won in seven games, um, as predicted by yours truly. And, you know... What we saw was a lot of bad baseball, which I hope the Dodgers had gotten over, and because we clearly stated it was not going to work to beat the Boston Red Sox, who are the best team in baseball, as evidenced by their record, and by just watching the game. This is, that's, that's a big thing. Yeah, they play it the right way. They play it the right way. Every, every single thing you think about, they do the right way. I've been listening to all the Dodger fans and pundits making excuses for the Dodgers. Well, this mental error, this error, they're all mistakes, and they make you pay for every mistake. If you make a mistake— I don't think, I don't think those are excuses. Those are, that's pointing out what the teams did wrong and what, what the but, Dodgers did wrong but what the, was plentiful. Yeah, but the way that they swayed is that if they didn't make the— those mistakes that they would be able to beat them, or the, the Dodgers never, the Dodgers never had to lead in the game. No, they didn't have to lead in the game, but they didn't have to lead in the game because of those mistakes. You're, you're having a chicken and egg argument, and honestly, the Red Sox are a better team. But to watch that game yesterday, there's a lot of positives to take away, in my opinion, from what the Dodgers showed because the Dodgers showed heart. They wore Chris Sale out. Uh, literally, physically, literally, they wore him down. You know, got him out. And of the, the Red Sox wore Clayton Kershaw out. No, what see, is, this is this is ninety is, mile an hour fastball. This is this is where we disagree, and this we is do. this is this is the issue. Because if we start off the rip, the game starts, and once again, Clayton Kershaw is behind the eight ball, just like he was in that game one of of the Brewers series. I'm not saying Clayton Kershaw is having the same stuff right now that he's had his whole career, but what I am saying is any pitcher. But especially your best pitcher, and you know this, when you play with your best pitcher, you bring your best. And they don't do that for Clayton Kershaw. So this is, to me, was one of their best. They brought out everything. Matt Kim got in the game, he hit a bomb. They don't have much more than this because you play people out of position, and this is, the, this is what you get. You reap and you sow. They are sowing David Freeze not catching the ball because he doesn't play first base. I agree with that. So in, I agree. And all the other little small mistakes, Jock Peterson really doesn't play left. He plays left, but he's not a left fielder. He usually plays center field. But you, for some reason, have Kiki Hernandez out there. So, <laughs> so in that, you have to pay the price. I mean, you literally have to pay the price. So it's not it's it's on Clayton Kershaw just as much as it's on anybody because he has to play with the tools that they have placed around him. He has no control over that. So it, we can't take. So it. then it's not on Clayton Kershaw. What are you talking about? He's a part of that. He's a part of his. No, he's not because yes, he, he is. because he pitches and they don't play him out of position. <laughs> he pitches and, and he pitches well. Well, and he, he got the best mistake, player though. in all of baseball to pop out. On the second or third pitch of the game. And the, and the defense let him down. And then he did what the best player in baseball is supposed to do. He promptly banged the single up the middle, stole him a sack, and got knocked in by the man, the myth, the legend, Ben Intendi. What, before, what do you, the what series, do you want before the he's series. The oh, he's the best. That's let, why let, let, I, we can, I wore my Boston hat. Because you wore your Boston hat because you're a front runner because they beat the crap out of the Astros. No, I wore and, my and, Boston hat earlier. If you go back to the podcast, promoting Mookie Betts being the best player in baseball. Go back to the tape. I have worn my bar hat to say that Mookie Betts is the best player in baseball, and that's why I'm wearing it now. 
I don't know about that. The Astros are at home. That's all I know. I know. But and, and if, if they put the Astros to bed like that, I would have to say that they're the best team <laughs> in baseball. History. <laughs> One of the best teams in history. Because the Astros have some dominant front line pitching and they walk through them. I they can say that through. they walk through them. They walk through them. Four to one. I mean three to one. Four to one. Yeah, four, four to, to one. one. Come on. Four man. To one. They walk through that's, them. That's big. Got got walk through them. And so, you know, this is I'm with you. And and I'm really Impressed is the word for the Red Sox because of the way they play the game. But there's something about the Red Sox that is beatable. This is the thing that I that it seems I, like it, that, but it's not though. It's, it's an I, illusion. They, they, I don't think it's an illusion because because their their bullpen is suspect. And as the Astros were last year, the Astros were a spectacular team last year with less pitching, and yet their bullpen made them beatable. That's almost it's almost like watching a superhero movie when you see that the superhero has a weakness. And this is and what it's, it's like. Exploited. But the Dodgers have a weak bullpen. So when, when we started comparing bullpens, the Dodgers' bullpen is weaker than theirs. You sound like the Trump supporters right now. Yeah. Obama said. I'm not talking no, about I'm that. I'm talking about statistics. I'm saying Trump doesn't give you statistics. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you the truth. I'm talking about teams no that fake are. News. I'm talking about a, the team's weakness. I'm not saying but the Dodgers have. Yes, the Dodgers have a weakness. Yeah, but, but you, I, well, the way that you say it is that their weakness is is more blaring than the Red Sox weakness. I didn't say that. The, I, the way that you imply. No, no, yes. I didn't say yes. that. I just I said that imply. they're beatable. Say you said it. I said they're beatable. That's that's all I said. And you decided to infer whatever it is that you pulled out of that. I said they're beatable, and they have a vulnerable space. Last night, the Dodgers decided to beat themselves, and the Red Sox were much obliged to jump on and pile on. <laughs> but and, I, don't, and, I don't agree with that because you're, you're taking credit away from the Red Sox. No, I am not. The Red Sox played they beat the game. themselves. That you're taking away from what the Red Sox actually had done. No, the Red Sox no. took advantage of all the mistakes that the Dodgers 100%. made. 100. That's not making. That's not beating themselves. That's the Red Sox doing what they're supposed to do. I agree. Because the Dodgers but, made mistakes. That's not but, the Dodgers shooting. The, the Dodgers never had to lead in the game. The Dodgers never had to because they started out shooting themselves. But I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not saying. I'm saying that if you watch that game yesterday, the final score would lead you to believe that the game was a blowout. It was. <laughs> I mean, eight to four. You, you're. This is Terry the Contrarian, folks. Is he happy now? His team is at home, so he gets to sit around and talk crazy about everything. And now he gets to wear another hat too. By the way, but if you watch the game, you know the game was actually close. The majority of the game was close. The game wasn't out of hand until I, I the just, bottom of the seventh. I never felt the game was close because I oh, never felt you, like I you never didn't think like, it was close when it was tied. No, because, you didn't. Because you know you why? Didn't think the game was close when it was two two. No, you didn't think it was close when it was three two. No, because I knew that the Dodgers would do something to blow it. I knew that the Dodgers would do something not to win the game. They they played people out of position. The coach got outmanaged by. By the way, by, by one of the best, if not the best coach in baseball who's getting yeah. paid less than everybody. In and, the whole league. In the whole league. Like, and, it, is, and is about coaches, to win the players, world, everything. Has more wins than everybody. Is about to win the World Series. And he has, is not getting his props because I heard him talking about Who's the, not giving him his props? Well, they're talking about, the, you know, the coach from Tampa Bay being the manager of the year and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, they almost, they almost, you're right. They almost, they almost speak about Alex Cora like, oh, he got a gift of some sort. Yeah. Well, what about, what about, um, what's your man in New York? He's got a great gift. He's got a he got a great Aaron team. Boone. Yeah, Aaron Boone. He's managing that team. He made the right call. He with, keeps making the right call. And, and if you keep making the right call, it's not, <laughs> it's it's not a fluke. It's not a fluke. It's not a fluke. You're good. And he made the right calls last year in the World Series sure uh, as the bench coach uh, with AJ Hinch. Uh huh. He's just a stone cold winner. And one thing I want to drop on everybody. I don't know if you saw this, but this is great. This is the first time in history that two uh, ethnic managers have met yes, in the World Series. That. That's fantastic, that's man. Awesome. That's real progress. Yeah, that's, but, that's real but then progress. we go 10,000 steps backwards in the, the L.A. Dodge, uh, uh, Angels of Pomona of Palm Springs <laughs> of Glendale, <laughs> and they go and sign the retread Brad Osmus. Let me you just you. can't stay on one topic, can you? No. You got to get this guy his medicine. The go ahead and run Brad Osmus down. <laughs> it's not while we're talking about the World Series. Let's talk about the World Series. Then get back to Brad Osmus. Imagine, and yeah. so, so the Dodgers then in turn, after David Freeze decided that he couldn't catch the ball. I, I'm I listen. I played the game. It's a hard game to play, but in general, these are plays that you just have to make overall. David Freeze doesn't play first base, so though. I agree. I'm hundred percent, hundred percent. But I still need him to make that play. That changes the whole dynamic of the inning. But if you need him to make that play, if you need the first baseman to make that play, put in a first baseman. I agree. 
I not, don't put it in the third base. Now, what I will say, dude, who play who you're plugging and playing, just feel like, hey, man, you should be able to play third base. You're, you're in the pros, right? It doesn't work like that. No, it doesn't, and it and it's evidence. <laughs> and the the Brewers showed that problem for the Dodgers as well, and they're getting exploited now. Yeah, and um, and so they go up two nothing in the first. I told you before the game off air, we didn't get a chance to get a pot up, but I told you that to me, the key to beating the Red Sox, um like a lot of people feel like, I feel like the key to beating the Red Sox is keeping Andrew Benintendi under control. He's an unsung hero. And yesterday he ended up going four for five or whatever yeah. it was, even though that ball to Jock Peterson that should have caught, should have not made him three for five. But either way it goes, he went four for five. The kid does everything well. He's like a sneaky five-tool guy. I don't even think he's sneaky. He was like one of the number one prospects in baseball for a long time when he came up. It's just that he's getting there before anybody thought that he would. And being in that lineup – well, and that's the thing. I think that's why it's sneaky is because all of the headlines always talk about J.D. Martinez and Mookie Betts who yeah. are, you know, both vying. They might end up being co-MVP for all we know. Right. Um, but but I think you have to shut Benintendi down, and we didn't do it. Um, one thing that happened yesterday that I haven't heard one person talk about, the things the Red Sox do that win games are beautiful because they're small things. And if you've played the game at a high level or if you watch the game all the time, then you recognize it. Yesterday, at the very beginning of the game, David Freeze doesn't catch the foul ball. Mookie Betts hits a single up the middle. Mookie Betts gets a terrible jump. Don't listen to what they told you. Go watch it yourself. Mookie Betts gets a terrible jump. Well, he's looking in, too. Because it's a hit and run. Mm. Benintendi Kershaw knows this. And throws a ball up, a perfect ball to throw somebody out on. It was like a, it was like an unintentional pitch out for those of you guys who don't understand. Ben Intendi did something so heads up that not one person has talked about. I haven't seen it on one replay or anything. Ben Intendi obstructed Austin Barnes' ability to throw out Mookie Betts, but he did it legally because he swung super late. <laughs> the ball was in Austin Barnes' glove, uh-huh. and he swung. The ball was at Ben Intendi's eyes. And he swung, which made Austin Barnes throw the ball because Austin Barnes is a short guy. Right, made Austin Barnes bring that up. Throw the throw the ball <laughs> into center field. They had Mookie Betts out by a good foot, maybe foot and a half, which is saying a big, saying a lot. But it was a hit and run; it wasn't a straight steal. Uh-huh. This sets up the whole inning. Then Ben Intendi gets the knock. Then JD Martinez gets the knock. It's just. <laughs> and by the way, Kershaw really balked when he picked off JD Martinez. Did you see that? He was going home. It looked like he balked. He balked. It looked like, but I don't it think it's look, foot cross. No, it's not even that your foot cross because if you start, his body was leaning. Looked like he was leaning towards home. Went he to saw, reverse. He saw the JD Martinez took off and he the lefty. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> Side note as well. Even though we're fast forwarding in the game, how about all the pine tar on Matt Barnes hat, arm, everything? I mean, it was like clear. And I was surprised Dave Roberts you know didn't say what? anything. Nobody is saying that because Kershaw, usually the last couple of games that I've watched him, has a, like a pound of it on the back of his cap. What the hell is going on nowadays? Because the guys need that grip in that cold weather. Man, so that's that's a, now you bring up a factor that I'd like to speak about. I felt like it was clear. This was a classic football move. It was clear where the warm weather team was not prepared to play in the cold. And there's no way to simulate that. The elements actually were clearly had an effect early on the Dodgers, but the, it wasn't that. It was forty something degrees, right? It's not like it's ooh, uh, you know, it's it's how hot is it outside right now? I don't know, uh, a, a brisk, uh, a nice warm eighty four <laughs> degrees, Batman. Mister Freeze is hanging out in Finway. <laughs> Mister Freeze is not hanging out here. Yeah, and it, and it, but they've been though. You can watch days, it though. Yeah, you but that's see, that's yeah. not. <laughs> you know, that's not the same. You, gotta, you, you can watch, watch though. You can see how different it was for them. It was crazy, and obviously the dimensions of the field play. But you could also see. I think I think the field is giving them a problem more than anything. I, the field's giving them a problem because Jack Peterson usually would have caught that ball, but he was just completely in no man's. Side line. note: It's only about three hundred feet. To the fence at the Green Monster, so he right. can't play and, but and so deep. And he's probably, like, playing 150. That's what I'm saying. And he still couldn't get to a ball behind third base. Yeah, but you know what? They're probably paying to shift on Benatendi as well. Yeah. But, um, and I have a question for you. Did you believe that that ball that J.D. Martinez hit that stung to dead Could center field, that do you think Jackie Bradley catches that ball? Oh, no question. I think so, too. I think most And of- people try to tell me that, no, man, that ball's off the wall. It hit the base of the wall. It hit the base of the wall, and it wasn't on the line. It was up. It was up it, for long it, enough so for somebody so to get so under. That means that anybody who knew how to take the right route. Right angles. And, and, who's not yeah, a second baseman. Who's not a second baseman who has over, above average speed would have caught that. Renzo catches that ball back pocket. Are you crazy? 
JBJ catches it. Come on. Mike Trout catches it. No question. Yeah. Mookie Betts catches it. I mean, don't even bring it up. And attendee catches it. I mean, George Springer catches it. George Springer catches it. We just keep on going on and on and on. But the Dodgers play people out of position. And and so. See, these are the small things, though, folks. This is, I'm sorry to cut you off, but this is what we're giving you here on the Ozone Podcast is because nobody talks about this stuff. And I'm a Dodger fan, but I recognize that this analytics ball that is being played is a long shot to actually get the ultimate goal of winning the championship. Well, the anal- the analytics part is what ended up giving them that blowout that we don't sure want to is. call it a blowout because sure they went to the analytics. Having- oh, it, was a, it ended up a blowout, yeah. but the game was tight. Is all having the script for the each sit- situation. Right, instead and, of going by manager field. Uh-huh. And, and, and game and Baez, flow. And Baez is out there blowing gas. Something I never thought I'd say in the history yeah, of life. Leave him in. You know what? You guys should leave hobby, you know, Padre, Pedro Baez in. Yeah, and then they go to the books, and the books say, oh, no, you know what? Hmm. We need to get Nunez in there. Yeah, let's, let's get Alex Wood in there. And, and Cora's saying, like, I play the game like how I feel. And I think that I go to my script. My script says that if I bring in Nunez, then it's a problem. And it was a problem. And it was a problem. Well, most importantly, let's, I mean, let's keep going on it. The Dodgers have effectively ruined Alex, career, Alex Wood's career. <laughs> They've effectively ruined this young man's confidence. Alex Wood, last year, was one of the top five pitchers in all of baseball. Not this year. Right. Last year, when they made the run. Mm-hmm. He was one of the top five, ten at the most, but I'm trying to think of five guys who were better than him. He was one of the top ten. Let's just make it safe. Right. He was one of the top ten pitchers in all of baseball. I think he won his first 11 in games. That, something in like the National that. League or something. Guaranteed he's one of the top Ten in the National League. I'm saying in all baseball because he went. You remember he was yeah. like ten and one with a one nine nine ERA yeah. for the first half of the year, yeah. and then that's when they start playing games with them. The Dodgers like that. They like to play games. Move you to the bullpen. How do you like that? <laughs> what are you doing with Alex with the bullpen? And you're then, closer now. And then it's like with a dog. You give him negative reinforcement. If a dog takes a dump in the house and you whoop the dog, and then you never help the dog understand that it's supposed to happen outside. You have negatively reinforced the dog. Alex Wood has been brought in during these playoffs maybe four times and given up three bombs, and then they take him right out. <laughs> okay, you did your job. Good now. job. Good, Good work, job. baby. All right. Way to go. And that's we'll it. see you next game. <laughs> but this is this is the problem with the numbers because the numbers can't put on your your dynamic of what you are as a person. When you get into yes. whatever situation, yes. the numbers are going to say that, hey, you know what? If we put Omar in, uh, you know what? Right now – He's going to perform like this. That's what the analytics say. But my human nature says that, you know what? My confidence, I can hit this dude. Put me in there right now, and I'm going to go to launch. I'm launching off on him. And these guys, for some reason, want to go by these numbers in this book. You can tell me whatever you want to about war, but Mike Trout or any of these other players in the major leagues are not. War is the stat that, uh, for anybody, is what he's talking about. He's not talking about Nam. Yeah. He's talking about wins above replacement, uh-huh. which is a stat that they that analytics guys created out of nowhere. Yeah, and you can't tell me that any of them would be better than Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts is the best player in baseball. I mean, we could take some time, spend some time. We could spend all day on that. He's, yeah. he, and Mookie Betts is separating himself clearly. And if you don't believe us, go look at the numbers. Besides just watching him play. Right. And, but, the, but this is the difference, though. If you looked at his numbers, his numbers are comparable to a lot of the guys who lead the league and whatever. Right. But then when you watch him play the game, you see the field that he has for the game, and you see his AI, his artificial intelligence. If he was on the game, you can go 99 across the board with this yeah. dude. He can do everything above average. And it shows in the World Series, in the playoffs. Yeah. He set the tone. 100%. He only had one hit last night. And he dominated the game. And he dominated the game with that one <laughs> and hit. And the whole time, every time he came up, you're like, oh, my God, and this Mookie guy gets, again? Yeah. Yes. He doesn't strike out. I mean, it's a problem, and he sets the pace for them. So when you said that Ben Attendee is the key, I feel like it's not just Ben Attendee or Mookie Betts because what they do is that they have guys who play their part. and not. Oh, I, okay, so then let's speak on that. Yeah. Speaking of playing your part, which goes along with playing the game the right way, I keep hearing Dodger fans being mad at Manny Machado. Guys, let this, <laughs> this go. This is ridiculous. We had four runs. Manny Machado drove in three of them. And a thing that just blows my mind is that everybody is in this all-or-nothing mentality in life because everybody wants one guy to do everything. Manny Machado got two, uh, Manny Machado got two ribeyes on outs, yes. which are positive outs. That moves the line to the next guy. Who's supposed to do his job. Which means that that's Cody Bellinger. Cody Bellinger got up twice with runners in scoring position with two outs and popped out twice. 
let's not put this on Manny Machado. I don't understand how you guys, all of you casual fans who only start watching in October, or all of you fans who only watch the highlights or who never played the game don't understand. The guy that bats third and fourth is supposed to get RBIs. Manny Machado just gave you three RBIs in one game. (laughs) Come on, man. And you're mad at him because he didn't hit a, a grand slam? Well, what if he would have grounded into a double play and ended the inning? How about what that? If he just would have struck out and not got in the run at all. This is what I'm saying. Every time he got up, that means you guys would have lost eight to one. Come on, man. You can't fault a guy for doing his job. It's just unbelievable. It really job. bothers me. Really bothers me. I was writing in now and I was listening to people, Dodger talk, people saying, talking bad on men. Oh, we need to do damage. We need to blah, blah, blah. I think that he probably has the highest average in the playoffs on the Dodgers. You know, just because he definitely has more RBIs. He's he's literally carried them the past few games. Come on, man. And and even when you uh, what was that the LCS when uh, when uh, Puig no where Puig didn't win it they gave it to Cody Bellinger but Puig oh. definitely was the 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 MVP of the and that was a flash scenario yeah they had they had they because the, you know what Cody Bellinger had the walk off hit and he had the bomb uh, he had that he hit that two run bomb but he went five for twenty five with like sixteen strikeouts some silly some something crazy yeah and he hit the bomb but uh, but the Brewers caught caught them. They tied up the game, and Puig took the lead, right? Puig hit the bomb to take the lead? I don't know about that. I, my, my memory's a little fuzzy, but Puig won the game. Yeah, Puig the won bomb, the game. The bomb hit. The, right. the bomb won the game. Yeah. It's, you know, um, but, I, you know, it's, a, it's very disturbing to see people be down on a guy who's doing his job. And let's not even bring up the man's defense. Are you crazy? But no, the defense you can't play is shortstop. the defense is so silky out there. And I'm going to say something. I was a big fan when I saw the lineup yesterday because Brian Dozier was in the game, who I like a lot, yes. and he was in the game at his position. Brian Dozier let the team down yesterday. Yeah, he got up, and I and and this is baseball, so hitting is what it is. It's difficult. The key play in the entire game, if you ask me. Manny Machado made a beautiful play sure did. on the Xander Bogart's potential double play ball and made a beautiful turn. Got the ball to the inside. So footwork-wise, you take that ball, skip the bag, and get it to first. It's like a ballet, folks. It's beautiful. Brian Dozier, if you go rewatch it, he had a hitch of a tiny split second of hesitation transferring the ball, and he didn't get the strongest throw over to first, which allowed Xander Bogart's to beat the throw, which scored the run. The Dodgers could have got out of that fifth inning jam with bases loaded with no outs and could have got out of it at 3-3 three to three because Ryan Madsen, surprisingly, stepped in and blew J.D. Martinez away. Nobody saw that coming. Yeah. I mean, blew him away. He did, but going back to that double play, double plays aren't guaranteed. I know. I, so I, I know. So I can't give him – I can't put it on Brian Dozier. No, no, no. I'm not I'm, – it, it wasn't – I know it was a key play in the game, but I can't – I game. can't put it – Because it ends up costing two runs. Yeah, but if anything, he probably – his footwork wasn't right because – Because he, he hasn't been playing. Yeah, well, and he couldn't anticipate the throw because he probably didn't think Manny was going to get to it. So Manny gets to the throw, uh, gets to the ball, makes a throw, and if your footwork isn't right when you come across that bag to make that throw because he could have just slid across the bag. And he, didn't, the, he didn't slide across. Yeah. He, he was set. And he, and he, and he was set. set. He was set more like a first baseman, looking yeah. like he was just going for that one instead of the two. Uh, yeah, you it know? looked like it, you're right. Actually, you're fully right. It looked like he was surprised. Yeah, that, that when you say it like that, it looked like he was surprised that they had a chance to turn to. Right, like he was he was content with one. It was like, oh, we might get two. Yeah, but uh, this is another thing though. Quit saying people need to quit saying that Manny Machado can't play shortstop. He's one of the best shortstops in the game. I would say that he probably has the strongest arm in baseball at shortstop. His arm, Him and Brandon Crawford. Yeah, his arm is. Extraordinary. He's yeah, he's got a hose. He's got a hose because that shouldn't even be close. Both of them got a hose. Yeah, that shouldn't even been close. I mean, he put the ball in the money at, 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 for he that did. for that transfer. He did. For people who play the game, you know how important that is and how many times you practice that drill. Yeah. And yet how many times it doesn't happen that way. You see happen. balls go all over the place. Right. And he put it on the money and he couldn't turn that and they paid for it. They paid. That's what, to me, that was the play. That was a uh, key play. That was a key play. I felt like the key play, uh, along with, and now this is where I am down on Clayton Kershaw, the piece that's totally unacceptable. Sorry to remember where you are. But um, the, the piece that's totally unacceptable is that Clayton Kershaw doesn't walk people. Yeah, he walked and, three last night. And he walked the two leadoff guys. Yeah. You can't do that against the Red Sox, man. Yeah, but the thing of it is, is that Clayton Kershaw isn't the pitcher that he used to be right now. And yeah, so, not right now. I don't know if it's injury or whatever. I I pray that he gets his velocity back because if not, right. he's going to re going to have to reinvent himself because I think he topped out at ninety two, but his average was probably around 90. 90, I would say. 
Maybe 91. Yeah, maybe. You're giving him love at 91. You're giving him love at 91, but I saw But it was cold out there, and a lot of guys – Chris Sale didn't top out at his normal 98. Yeah, but 95, 96 is a lot different than 90. No doubt. (laughs) In 89. But the Dodgers did – the Dodgers did great work against Chris Sale. I was – honestly, I would say that was my – to me, that was the most surprising thing was how well they handled Chris Sale. They gave you great Yankees work. Everybody went to a 3-2 count. Everybody worked the count. Guys struck out a lot, but everybody worked the count. Um, And – but that's what you get when a guy like Chris Hill and Clayton Kershaw don't have their best stuff because they can't get you out of there. Usually, if you you want to go up there and you have a you get two strikes, yeah, those guys you don't want to get two strikes. You want to get two those guys to get two strikes on you, so you go up there hacking. Yeah. But they went with the reverse approach, which we're going to make him use his arm. And yeah. You know he has shoulder problems and everything else, and he really, I mean, they got to him. He they got had, to him. What he had ninety pitches. I mean. 70 Man, he almost had in the third. Or I was about minutes. to say he had almost. I, I remember at one point, it looked like he was going to have eighty pitches in the third. Yeah, Maybe it was. It was not pretty. I just feel like the Dodgers, just like I did last year, won't be able to beat any of these elite teams. Beating the Brewers, they weren't elite. Beating the Red Sox or beating the Astros, you're going to always have a problem when you don't play guys in their proper positions. I know that they're all professional athletes, and I know yeah. that all these. Guys I would like to see Matt Kemp in the field and the lineup. Yeah, not not just in the in although. It changes Hello. the game. Just like I was telling everybody all year, the Matt Kemp is the man. <laughs> I don't know what else I and can tell you Chris guys. Chris deep off of what, a 96-mile-an-hour fastball? On a 3-2 pitch. At his chest, in his chest? when With the game on the verge of getting out of control. Yeah. At 2 nothing, when it was back. feeling suffocated, all of a sudden, L.A. perked up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that was a bomb, but, too. But, but what are they, they going to do when they get back to Los Angeles? I mean, is he going to— They're going to do the same nonsense as they do. Which is a problem. Yeah, and so do you figure that they would be able to beat the Red Sox long term, playing the way that they're playing? Not minus the errors. I'm just talking about with the personnel, the way that they plug and play their personnel. They have a much better chance of doing that at Dodger Stadium than they do at Fenway because plug and play personnel doesn't help you in baseball in general. Mm-hmm. When you plug and play with a specific spot like uh, Fenway, it's going to be even more. You know, it's you're really pronounced. Yeah, yeah, it's even more pronounced. And I mean, little stuff. The guy that's in his position is Yasiel Puig. Puig really hurt the team. Puig by hurt over, the team. by overthrowing. He looked like Puig from four years ago. He put that runner in scoring position, trying to show off his arm. What are you doing? You uh, a thousand times that play happens. A thousand times. You won't throw out Mookie Betts unless he falls down. Yes, you will not throw him out. You're playing. And Andrew Benatendi get into scoring, and now you let him get in the scoring position. Yeah. Yeah. And J.D. Martinez did what J.D. Martinez does. Hits the ball up the middle and gets a knock. And I'm so tired of listening to everybody trying to tell me about home runs. Home runs are great. If that's the option, if it's a home run or a single or a strikeout, obviously the home run is the best option. Well, let's put it like this. You can't have your cake and eat it, too. You want all the home runs, then you have to accept all the strikeouts. No, all the strikeouts and PEDs in the game. That's the way that it goes because back in the day when everybody was hitting home runs with Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa and all these other guys and Barry Bonds hitting all these home runs, everybody loved it until they said, oh, these guys are on the juice. Now all of a sudden everybody hates it. So now you try to figure out a different way to hit home runs without paying the price, but there has to be a balance. If you're going to hit home runs, you're going to get strikeouts. And these guys, and as far as I know, I've never heard of anybody being able to hit home runs at will. This this, this is not T-ball. Yeah, it doesn't work. These guys are the best in the business. Yeah, man. And so that, that Puig play really hurt the team. I haven't heard anybody speaking about that either. It really hurts the team. <laughs> Maybe because you know what? This Maybe because now, because if Benintendi is on first base, they're playing up the middle. Maybe that's a double play ball that J.D. Martinez hits. Right. And it's not a, it's not a, a, a single yeah. for, a, for a run. Yeah. You know, the, each run counts for so much in the playoffs, and especially in the World Series. And, and I just – I think that I'm I'm sure that I'm not sure 100 percent, but the Dodgers played the analytics game and it comes back to haunt them because Puig probably whatever their war is or whatever is probably better than Matt Kemp's for some reason. And so this is why you don't see Matt Kemp in the game, just like with Cody Bellinger. But I wonder, does war have anything for uh, taking your route to the ball? No. Or you being able to hit your no. cutoff? And no, that's that cast. <laughs> and you just need to be able to rely on your scouts. That are sitting in the stands that could say, you know what? This that have been watching baseball for 60 years. Yeah, that they can say, you know what? This dude doesn't hit his cutoff, so run on him. Or whatever it is. You know what I'm saying? And But we go to this book that they have now. They used to write a book on telling you your tendencies as far as when you go and taking a bat and what you'll do if you, if, you know, with two strikes. But not with a guy that's going to miss his cutoffs and all that kind of stuff. This is one-on-one right there. You have to hit your cutoffs in basic. those. Yeah, you got to hit your cutoffs in those situations. Concede the run. You have to concede the run. And you saw Ben Intendi do it the next inning. Yeah. After Matt Kemp hits the bomb, 
Um, who was Justin it? Manny Turner Machado. Was second. Yeah, Justin Turner was at second. Dave Freeze got a knock, or Manny Machado got a knock. And then Manny Machado knocked in Justin Turner. And, and so it was Manny Machado uh-huh. got a knock to Andrew Benintendi. Uh-huh. And Andrew Benintendi hit this cutoff. Him out. I'm not going to throw him out. And he's got a hose. He's got a hose. I'm not going to throw him out. So it is what it is, you know, playing the game the right way, folks. But go back, though. I want to ask you. Let's go back. Do you think that they're going to beat the um, Boston Red Sox? They can't beat them playing like that. Now, one thing that I will say about the Dodgers is the Dodgers have, honestly, for two years now, found a way to pull the, the rabbit out of the hat. And this is the toughest team they faced. Yeah, they're, they're better than Astros. Yeah. They're better than Astros, not just this year because they beat the Astros to show that, but they're better than what the Astros were last year, which is – No, up. no, yeah, that's what I, I agree. I mean, it's airtight. Their lineup is airtight. They yeah. got guys that do the job. And that's a big deal. And they're going to move Mookie Betts to second base when they come. And I keep hearing people say, you know what? And the Dodgers are plugging player, plug play players all over the field. And, now and everybody's acting like Mookie Betts, the best player in baseball, can't move. Mookie Betts came up as a shortstop, I do believe. And then they moved him to second because when Pedroia got hurt. And, and then they moved him to the outfield and, just because he's moved, fast. Yeah, and they moved him to the outfield just because he's and then a great he figured, And then he figured yeah. it out. Yeah. And, so and it's not going to be a big deal. And now, and now – it may be a big deal because he's out of position, but I don't think it's going to be Mookie Betts being in second base isn't. I don't think that's going to hurt their team the way that Everybody it hurts it us to have Kiki Hernandez in center field. Yeah, I don't. I don't think those things are equal, but nobody seems to question it for the Dodgers for right. some reason. The other piece that you brought up off air, which is absolutely true, is that why is it all of a sudden JD Martinez is a liability in the outfield? Right. What? I'm, but this would have to go back once again. I'm not trying to just bang on Ward, but this has to be a, the wins above replacement situation because there's no other reason to feel like JD Martinez can't play the outfield right. at all. The reason he doesn't play the outfield is because they have the best outfield in baseball right not because he can't play the outfield if you remember he came from detroit last year to arizona and destroyed the league in he started on the astros went to detroit i do believe he went to he went to detroit where he changed his game yes by playing with generational hitters yes Playing with Miguel Cabrera changed J.D. Martinez's life. I wonder if he gives him a stipend because <laughs> not, that, not that Miggy needs a loan. But he said it, though. Yeah. He did change his approach to the game, to offensively, his preparation, everything. So sitting there, sandwiched in between uh, Victor Martinez, who was also one of the greatest hitters of this generation, yep. and Miguel Cabrera, that guy had a front row seat to watching guys play the game the right way. And swinging the stick. I mean swinging it. <laughs> and he's in right field. And he He's played, right field, and he played a decent right field. He, he didn't sure play did. a great right field. He didn't play a terrible right field. No. But he can play right field. He gives you a major league average right field. Right. And for some reason now, he can't play outfield. And I just don't understand that. No, no, no. And, let's, and, and I, if you guys can't tell, we're being sarcastic when we say he can't play the outfield. We're, we're saying yes. what everybody's saying. We don't believe that he has a problem. There's nothing wrong with J.D. Martinez to play the outfield. Right. And he'll show that at Dodger Stadium. I'm actually scared of J.D. Martinez at Dodger Stadium because last year when he got traded to the Diamondbacks, <laughs> he bombs. came to Arizona and hit four bombs in a game. Didn't he hit them off Kershaw? I think he got one or two off Kersh. Yeah. He was not impressed. Wasn't impressed last night either. He wasn't impressed. There's a guy like, there's a handful of guys that aren't impressed with anybody. <laughs> Matt Kemp is not impressed. No. J.D. Martinez isn't impressed. Mookie Betts is not impressed. Sometimes Mookie looks impressed. He's he he figures out other ways to compensate. Benintendi definitely is not impressed. Benintendi is not impressed. There's a handful of guys in the league that just plain and simply you can't impress him with your stuff. <laughs> you have to have electric stuff. Now, how about Craig Kimbrell getting his mind back together? Oh my goodness, he looked good last night. I was very very surprised and impressed. Now, do you think it was a mechanics thing? It had to be. I mean, not unless the rest was that big for him. But he literally came out and just pumped it. I mean, he hit his spots. I mean, yeah. the ball was moving all over the place. There's no, there was he made no Justin answer Turner for look <laughs> bad. Bad. That's tough to do. Justin, Turner, Justin Turner's not impressed. <laughs> <laughs> Justin Turner's usually not impressed. <laughs> And he took that fastball that was riding under his chin and swung at it. That make that lets you know that it's a problem. Yeah. And if he comes out like that again, it's a problem. It's a problem. But what I did see, which I don't think was real, is Joe Kelly was effective. And Joe Kelly is a kind of guy that can be effective until he's not. He's effective until you get a runner on base and all of a sudden he gets in his head. They got to their superstar secret brazier. They got uh, they they you know the Dodgers had a lot to build on yesterday. I feel like Brazier and them were a victim of not playing you know frequently enough. Yeah, because they've been sitting around waiting to see perhaps. And and those guys as relievers need to throw. It's just like when yeah. you, when you bring out a Kimbrel. That's why I was surprised that he could even do that last night in a non save situation. Uh, in a non save situation. I mean he didn't, he had a, he had something to prove. Last yeah, night. and he, he sure. did it. Yeah. So, but uh, Brazier and them, I'm I'm not I I thought that the Astros were going to be able to beat the Red Sox because of their bullpen, 
Oh, because but, they're frontline pigeon. Uh huh. But uh, and but, now David Price is. Shown up to be the David Price of the regular season. For one game. Like, for one game. You have to see it. I think David Price is getting busted up tonight. I don't know. We're going to see. But I think Dodgers, David Price is getting busted up tonight. But the Dodgers have a problem with lefties, which is, makes it a terrible matchup for the Dodgers again because they have too many left-handed line, too many left-handers in their lineup. Which, again, is a fallacy, in my opinion. I don't think there's a such thing as too many lefties. This is a self-fulfilling prophecy where lefties are told that they can't hit lefties, so right. they never face lefties, so then they got to sit down. But you face I them tell all you what the way I, up until you get there. I tell you what I saw that I, I have been tracking is Max Muncy has seemed to figure out that going the other way against the shift really works. And I'm I'm interested to see what happens, you know, if he can commit to that. Everybody, just like we told you on the espresso shots, for the most part, other than the two bombs that the guys hit that, that Kemp and Nunez hit, all the success is up the middle and to the opposite way, guys. Playing the game the right way at that point. You're playing the game the right way. Small ball, as everybody calls it. Yeah, but you know what? The home run, I guess, gets all the glory. It does. It's JC. Yeah. The home run is our <laughs> Lord and Savior. <laughs> but it doesn't work for me because I like to see the game played the right way, and that came back to haunt the Brewers. But, you it know, did. if you don't play the game the right hey, way. It just came back to haunt the Dodgers last night. Yeah. Moving the run. It's always going to haunt you against the good bags. teams. Yeah, you got you to do all the little things that, you know, even when Manny Machado, when they were in Milwaukee, the last game, when he dropped down that bunt. Come on, Clutch. Man. Although the the Dodger fan probably didn't like it, but right, but I don't know. And he got it started. And he got it started. And I mean, Cody, and he set up Cody Bellinger to hit the bomb. And if you were up there facing a pitcher that you you don't go up there and think that I have to hit a home run unless the game is on the line. But in certain situations, if you're going up there facing a pitcher that that you know not has a dominating stuff over you or anything. You're playing the situation. My job right now is to get these runners in, so I have to go by what the pitching pattern that they're established that they're throwing to me. So if I can just get a knock, that's great. If I can just get a sacrifice fly, that's great. And if you make a mistake and I hit a home run, that's even better. But they're far and in between. That's why these guys are in the World Series. That's why they're in the World Series, man. Unbelievable. Unbelievable situation. Well, we'll see. We'll see so what happens tonight. tonight. I'm going – you know what? I'm going with the over. <laughs> I don't even know what it is, but I'm going with the over because the offense looks fantastic. Uh, I haven't seen either lineup, but I don't believe in David Price. We'll see, we'll see what happens. And, I, and, and that's why I'm saying I'm going with the over. <laughs> I think that this, the whooping sticks are coming out, and I think that uh, I think the Dodgers build on the confidence that they had yesterday – they showed me some scrappiness. They did not show me professional work, and that is a problem. But I think the Dodgers find a way to scratch this one off. I wasn't mad at the Dodgers keeping the game close because this was like a fight that you're they trying to keep it close. Yeah, you just have to try to keep it close and then make your move. Yeah, and hopefully they had hoping that they don't make a mistake. And then they didn't. Yeah. And they had opportunities, and they and they didn't come through. Um, I think this is going to come down to managing, and I think that, once again, Cora will outmanage Dave Roberts. Very possible. And one of the reasons why is that I'm not trying to put this all on Dave Roberts, but I'm sure that there's some uh, influence from the analytics. Influence from the analytics that doesn't give him the opportunity to play his gut. Yes. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I had the Red Sox in this series. I actually, believe it or not, feel better about the Dodgers' chances to actually win this series after yesterday than worse. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that they should be able to get him out there. I thought it was in six, but it might be five now. You never know. These guys are tough. I, what I And one of the reasons I say that is, is because I feel like at Dodger Stadium, they're going to bust Chris Sale up. I don't I was really I was really surprised at how well they played against Chris Sale. I was really offensively. I was really surprised. They didn't put up a ton of runs, but you don't put up a ton of runs against those guys. You know, but but what they did do was they worked him. And I think that once Chris Sale gets in a position um, now he's going to have an advantage because he won't have to face a DH. But once Chris Sale, who is frail to a certain degree, has to be out here in the heat, and he's like ninety degrees, it's going to be like ninety something degrees. It's going to be hot. He's going to have to hit. Though. He's going to have to. Well, he's going to have some more juice on his fastball for yeah. sure. But the Dodgers, just like the Red Sox, the Dodgers are tough at home, man. It, it doesn't sound real or whatever. The Dodgers are tough at home. They are really tough at home. I just. I, after last night, too, the way because just the same way that you say they worked over Chris Sale, I saw them working over Clayton Kershaw. Oh yeah, because he can't put people away right, and now. that's a problem. And you can't, you have to be able to. You can't put, put people put away. The Red Sox. He can't put people and away. Mediocre and, defense, and the defense can't help him out when he puts the ball in play. Yeah, that's a bad recipe. It's a bad recipe. So we and you know that everybody is down on him, and pretty soon, and I see it now that he's succumbing to the pressure. Yes. 
Because he has to be too fine. The, I don't, he has to be perfect. I, I, don't, I don't know if you saw it or not, but they showed a replay after the foul ball dropped. You should have seen his face. His face was like. Oh, I, here we go. No, it wasn't. It was, it. It, was, it was just like, again? Like, guys, we're in a World Series. It's disappointing because he's such a great guy. Yeah, he's a great guy. He's a great guy. He's a super a competitor. Person. Yeah, and he's a phenomenal pitcher, once-in-a-generational pitcher. Yeah. Uh, once in generation pitcher, you know it's it's terrible to see that guy not get support. It really it, it sucks to see, and the stigma that he has from casual fans him not being a big time is that he's not a big time pitcher. He's great in, all, in the regular season, but you don't want him in the offseason. That's what everybody says in the postseason, but it's not that's not the case. I mean, if if you give him the Red Sox defense, I would love to see Clayton Kershaw with the Red Sox defense, with the Astros defense, even with, with you the know stuff what I mean? that he has now, even with the stuff that he has now. Forget about the stuff the the, the man. Clayton Kershaw the last 10 years, forget about. But what I would like to ask is that if he could make his own lineup, who would he put out there? Wow. Wow. Yeah. You never, you could never get that in. You get that on the under. You never <laughs> get that in the, in the real, you know, on the air. Yeah. That's a that's a really, really good point. That's a great question, man. Because you're talking, I'm sure that he would say, oh, yeah, I would have David Freeze at first. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No. Come on, man. Honestly, Chris Sale is going to carve whoever's out there. I'm not mad at David Freeze because I need David Freeze's stick. But in that situation, David Freeze is actually the guy that I go to for um, – David Freeze is the guy that I would go to for, as the DH and have Matt Kemp in the game. I wouldn't even mind having Cody Bellinger or Max Muncy at first base because the goal is to get Chris Sale out of the game within five. Right. Which and, they achieve. Even if you sacrifice Bellinger. You know, playing against Chris Sale, that's fine. But yeah. Cordy Bellinger actually does play a good first base for the most part. Yeah, but the, we're, we're saying this. So does Muncie. Yeah, this, we're saying that I need him defensively more so than it's. And you have to make this trade-off. And they're making offensive trade-offs, which aren't necessarily how you win the game. I feel like at the end of the day, the difference is between the Red Sox, the Astros, and the other elite teams, which aren't that many yeah. n- nowadays. What happens is that they win the game playing it the right way, the fundamentally sound moving the runners over, and, and when you get the home, the occasional three-run bomb like they right. did last night, it's the icing on the cake. But it's not the But goal. they win that game without – Exactly. By not the way – the goal of the game. By the way – Three-run bomb. <laughs> it was five to four yeah. without the three-run bomb. Yes. And then you throw the three-run bomb on there, which is – I ain't going to say it's a fluke, but N- – I mean, it's somewhat of a but, fluke. Yeah, but Nunez probably hasn't hit 20 home runs this year, so – Or any year. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, a hitter. Yeah. You can yeah. – Say that he might have went off the wall or something like yes. that, but I mean the bomb was pretty surprising. But if you played the game the right way, and if Pedro Baez is in there, you probably don't get that. Yeah, because they stick with Devers. Yes. not to say Devers doesn't hit a bomb yeah. or a strikeout. Well, folks, that's a that's our, our wrap up for uh, for game one and potentially game two. By the time you hear this, let's move on. LeBron James has made his debut in Los Angeles, and they're zero and three. How do you feel about King James? I didn't feel in him the Lake Show. I didn't feel him coming to the Lake Show anyway because. I don't really feel like the, the Lakers have done everything that they needed to do to bring him into a winning situation. They have all this young talent, but they don't want to give up anything to get him. Basically, what they're saying is that, well, we'll to me, it sounds like they're saying that we're willing to take the losses this year and wait for Anthony Davis or some of these other big players to get out of their contract and try to lure him to L.A. to come play with LeBron. Maybe. Well, you know what Magic said? Magic said he sat with LeBron and, and game plan like the, the the next couple years, so and usually that doesn't work out right. No, because the good players <laughs> are the good, not the good players. The minds that right. put things together, right? And so, look at Alex Cora. Yeah. Go back to baseball. Right. Alex Cora wasn't a great baseball player. He was a good major league player. He was a major league player. He also had one of the best at bats that you've ever the, seen. The best at bat that I've ever seen in my life. Not yeah. just in person, but just in in no, life. I think it was the best at bat I've ever seen. I mean, it was the seventeen one pitch, twenty one pitches, and we were sitting right behind. We were sitting right behind the dish. Foul off after foul off after foul off after foul off after foul off. Ball foul off ball. A three two count foul off foul off foul off bomb. Yeah, you should go look that up. Everybody should look that up on YouTube or whatever. It's now that was Alex, not Joey. That was that was Joey. That was Joey Cora. I think it was Joey. Oh, see, you just said Alex. That's oh, okay. I was okay. talking about Alex Cora. Was a was an okay player, but he's a great okay. manager. Yeah. You know, I was just using a you uh, know, metaphor there. Yeah, but I feel like they didn't – I mean, you have JaVale McGee who's putting up numbers right now, but basically what you're asking LeBron to do right now is to carry everybody. And I don't, I don't feel that way because what you saw after the melee that, that got guys suspended is the young guys played. And the young guys are guys that can go. There's a lot of maturation that has to happen with Bill Walton. Uh, Luke Walton, sorry. With Luke Walton. Bill too. This <laughs> the old cheese ball, immature guy. <laughs> but no, that because because 
yesterday's game was the first game that Kyle Kuzma started. That's because Brandon Ingram got suspended. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And that's a problem. Kuzma can go. But Brandon and it's Ingram not, can go. It, Kuz, it, I, honest to God, I have to take Kuzma right now. Kuzma, I could. I could. Kuzma's given you and has last year as well. Brand- I'm not saying Brandon Ingram can't start. What I'm saying is, is however it is you need to contort the lineup, I need Kuzma in my lineup, or if not, immediately coming off as a six-man. Yeah. And, and we're but, not seeing that because he's trying to manage. They have a lot of talent. Yeah, but this is the problem, though. When you get all of this talent, you can actually sacrifice giving up some of this talent so that you can get the pieces that you need. They have no size. And especially when JaVale McGee comes out the game, I think the average is not even 6'8 on the court. That's a problem. You get that young kid, Jonathan <laughs> Miller, who who played well the other night, but that's only because of the, the, the suspensions. Uh, the suspensions. Yeah. Now, one thing I'm... I have to address was that we saw shades of the old LeBron James the other night. With the free throws? Because he stepped up and hit damn near half-court three to to tie the game to send into overtime, which was beautiful, and Staples Center was rocking. But once again, everybody celebrated a little too soon. Yeah. And LeBron James had a chance to ice the game, and he missed two free throws. You can't do that. They get, this, is, this, is, this gave me that LeBron before LeBron knew how to win, which was a, a real surprise to see. Well, and you have to look at all of the minutes that he put down that game and everything. You can't miss else. two free throws, T. Yeah. No. I, and you know, saying, I, you, know, not, I, you know I love LeBron James. I'm not even saying that even about the free throws because he still had a chance to win the game at the end of the game. Yes. But he didn't go yes. to the rack. And he, no. He settled for the jumpers. A step-back jumper. A step-back <laughs> jumper. That was well defended, by the way. He needed to go to the rack. You go to the rack, lights out, game's over. You can go even hit your free throws to redeem yourself. Right. Or, or you can just hit the layup, one or the other. But they're going to foul him because they don't have a choice. But – Taking a step back jumper wasn't the call of the day. It wasn't, and it. Really, I just don't like it. This. Ruined, it ruined what would have been a real storybook kind of uh, game win for him. Yeah, yeah. But the the thing of it is, is that when you look at them, I mean, with LeBron on their squad, over under Laker 30, 30 wins over under. Oh, they'll get thirty wins. But the thing of it is, is that with LeBron on their squad, I can't see that much difference when Kobe was on the squad with those young guys, where they stand back and look at these guys in awe. You, they need to actually play. I, I can't give that assessment after three games. Kobe Bryant had several years with young guys, and he also picked up several championships. Not with the young guys. No, I mean, his body was would, did not allow him to do that, but it was with the young guys because at that time, Andrew Bynum was young. Pal Gasol was young. So you, you're no, I'm you talking about skip the, over. No, I'm talking about the young core group of guys that they have now that they're trying to establish right now. Yeah, Kobe Bryant was 60 years old at that point. Of Man, course, of course he's he now. He's 103. <laughs> this guy really, I told you, serious, serious about his diet. <laughs> no carbs, dude. But, yeah, so uh, I, can't, I can't go that far yet. But definitely it is important for the young guys to learn from LeBron while actually playing with LeBron in comparison to So what do you do watching. about a big man? Everybody's talking about Anthony Davis, and maybe you guys can get him next year or hopefully, because I like to watch the Lakers play. It's just that right now they don't have a system. They don't have shooters on the team. I like, gonna, I like that. I like to see that Lonzo gain some weight. You yeah. can see he's got the square draw going, and he's in his jumper. Yeah, but, you know, he's maturing. In the, yeah. <laughs> Where's LeVar? He's somewhere in the stands. I'm watching. <laughs> LeBron shut him down. Huh? You haven't even heard LeVar's name. <laughs> shut him down. That's superstardom, folks. Because if Lonzo starts hitting his jumpers, they need somebody who can shoot. They don't. They don't have a shooting squad. They're, I don't know about that. Josh Hart can shoot. They don't have it's Kuzma. Look at the shoot. stats. Just even from last year and even going into this year, they need shooters around LeBron. And they don't have shooters. This is one of the major problems because they don't have height or shots. No, these guys. I don't. I don't agree with your assessment personally. Well, I'm but, just. But I hear what you're saying. That's what the stats say. And when you watch the game, watch those guys don't knock down shots. These guys don't knock down shots. I think the uh, Contavious Caldwell Pope probably I like one of the better KVP. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one of the um, one of the better KCP. shooters on the team. And then um, you got Kuzma that can hit a, a jumper every now and then. But for the most part, they don't have guys who can hit jumpers. And that's not just the Lakers; that's the whole league. But usually they complement it with other with size or something like that. With tall guys who are really lean nowadays, not like the good old days. Like Ingram. Yeah, when you guys got got guys who are in the post that was, you know, monsters, like the Moses Malones. Even like, a, you know who would destroy the league now? <laughs> who? Eldon Campbell. <laughs> Eldon Campbell would. <laughs> Eldon Campbell would destroy the league he now. Would. Big body, had great post moves, could hit the mid-range jumper. He was got fundamentally nice sound. Yeah, his footwork was crazy. Yeah, he wasn't overly impressive at that point, but now with the, with the lack of size, he would be. Um yeah. So, and what was your take on the whole on the fight incident? 
I'm never down with anybody spitting on anybody. Yeah, and Rondo's now That's trying to say he didn't spit. Say he was trying. He's trying to sell that it was a mouthpiece. The slow mo that I saw looked like a clear spit take. Either way, if, if he accidentally spit on a dude, can you apologize? <laughs> yeah. Please. And I, say, and hey man, I didn't mean to spit on you like that. And in real time, you can't spit on me and then talk slick. Mm, nice juicy piece of bubbles. Mm, okay, I'm recharged. <laughs> um, you back? Yeah, and in real life, I was trying to figure out why CP3 was wagging his finger, touching his finger. Like, man, CP3 is out of line. Yeah, if the guy spit on him. CP3 was trying to restrain himself from losing it, from going too long. Uh huh. Going through in that tunnel again. <laughs> that back door to the back cave. He, he found out get, how to get in the back cave. I tried to get to the locker room. Uh huh. And Alfred cut him off. <laughs> Can I help you, Sal? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Early in the basketball season, folks. Me personally. I don't really care about basketball like that. It's theater. all right. It's too much theater. I like that. I like what LeBron has done to energize the you know LA, LA and the Lakers. You can't name five guys on the Clippers, unfortunately, which is a problem. Um, but the league is what it is. A lot of young guys that make outrageously athletic plays and don't play defense. Right, and you watch the Warriors play defense. And shoot the lights out and march again to a championship. I mean, it's going to be, I don't know, we'll see what happens. Well, and Magic was supposed to be designing this team to be able to beat the Warriors. I don't see. I mean, this is the first step, T. You're asking a lot for the first year. Jeez. Yeah, because LeBron is not a kid anymore. LeBron is 33. 34. 34? I think. So, 34 uh, this, this December. And unfortunately, although everybody, we don't seem to believe it, Father Time never loses. He deals. <laughs> he did. Father time deals in all the big games. <laughs> he does. And eventually, so then you need somebody to be able to pick up that torch. You can say that you have a game plan, and your game plan really might not coincide with what's going to happen in, in time. Once LeBron finally does start to age, it eventually is going to happen. It has to happen. It has to happen. Now, uh, got another question for you, moving into boxing. We quickly touched on the whole uh, the zone. Eddie Hearn, Canelo Alvarez deal. 11 fights, $365 million guaranteed uh, minimum. You said something off air that was profound, and I just want you to lay it on the people of basically what this deal is saying to the public. To me, it's saying that you won't be able to beat Canelo. You won't be able to beat him by decision. You're going to have to knock him out because they have so much money that's invested in him right now and for the future, and they've laid out all these, what is it, 10 to 11 fights. 11 fights. Yeah, in the future. Starting with this one in December. Right. So the only way that you're going to get a decision is to knock him out. Literally. We've just watched Triple G beat him twice. And that's up for debate, not to a lot of people, but to a handful of people. The second time. Uh-huh. And, and now with him signing this contract, we can all and see. And he got a draw and a loss for, the, for his efforts. Yes. And, and now we can see where the, what the big picture was. And in this, I don't think that you're, anybody will be able to just get a clean win off of Canelo now by decision. It's going to have to be, I mean, incredibly clear. If you look at Canelo's record, he got one card against Floyd Mayweather, which is completely unacceptable because there's no way anybody. I don't even know eyes, if he landed five punches. I'm going to say, <laughs> there's no way anybody with eyes could say that he won that fight. Floyd has since gone on to try to clown his $300 million deal to say that this is the easiest work I've ever had in my life. It's easier than Conor McQuitter. Um, and Floyd can't stand somebody else that's in the line like, like that. He can't take it. He can't take it. And Father Time is going to get him, too, if he yeah. stays with it. And yet uh, he got one card on that. I personally thought that he lost to Arislandi Lara. He got, a, he got a draw on that. Mm-hmm. He got a draw on the first Triple G fight that clearly he lost. And he got a win on the last Triple G fight that, at the worst case, he should have got a draw. Right. And they've made it pretty clear that the boxing world is on his shoulders. And it's all about him. He's the golden child right now. Yeah. The cinnamon child. He's the cinnamon (laughs) child. And if and if you're going to beat him and take those belts now, look at look at what they're doing to Gennady in order to let him get another opportunity to even get his belts back. A mandatory for a, for I've never for a contender for a contender. How does it? I'm not a champ. How do I have a mandatory? I don't have to do nothing. <laughs> I sit at the house. I'm, I sit at the house. I fight when I feel like it. Now I fight whoever I feel like it. But they're saying no. You have to go through one of the Charlo boys right now. Yeah. And now the Charlo boys are announcing that both of them are announcing that they're fighting on December 22nd. 
um, in, I think, Madison Square Garden or something like that. So I don't know how that's going to work. Um, and we have our man, Danny the Miracle Man Jacobs, is fighting this weekend versus Dara Vajinko. Um and that's for the middle well, the, the the IBF uh, world middle well world middleweight, middleweight title. Uh-huh. Yeah, the one that Triple G had to give up. Yep, in order to be able to still fight Canelo. Yep, and now Danny is looking to get this win, which I hope he does because Danny is very vocal now about beating Canelo and knocking out Canelo. I believe him. I believe him too. I believe. We'll him. see how he looks. I think Saturday. that Canelo's going to have a, a size problem with this guy right now because I don't feel like this guy is going to. I don't know that much information about him, but I don't know much about Rocky Fielding either. Yeah. But I know that he towers over Canelo Alvarez. Yeah, and as long as he doesn't come out there like Chavez, he should give him a battle because Canelo, to me, especially after going through these two wars, is not going to be the same fighter. And I literally you never know what he might be. What what kind of help he may get in recovery. Uh, what whatever help he's going to get is not going to help him grow five or six inches overnight in the next <laughs> in the next few months. Yeah, and then Manny uh, Manny uh, Pacquiao is <laughs> almost give you Machado. <laughs> got Manny on the brain. He got Manny on the brain. But <laughs> <laughs> well, Manny Pacquiao signed with um with Al Heyman. Yeah, with Al Heyman now, which is a surprise to me. Yeah, and he's going to fight Adrian Broner. I do believe they said it's on the nineteenth of January. For what? I mean, I, I don't know. Hopefully, you'll put him out the game. Yeah, Adrian, Adrian Broner is, is still, I just can't believe Adrian Broner is relevant. But that's because he's, Total in, a, he's under in a stable. Achiever. You know what I'm saying? He's in a stable, but also he's a show. He's a, he, yes, he's a, he, he's he a tap show. dances for the man. He does. And it's unfortunate that I don't even like to bring him up on the podcast. I, I, I don't talk about that until it's like absolute go time. What I do want to talk about, though, is that uh, our man Regis Pro Gray is fighting Terry Flanagan. In that Super Series yeah. this Saturday down in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't for the World Series, I would troop down there and then check my man out. I got Regis. I got Regis. I'm riding with Regis. I'm, he was looking and he's very a body impressive. Snatcher. He is a body. That, that whole squad, <laughs> they're all friends. Yeah, and they know how to snatch the body. They do. He, they do. I mean, because when you watch his fights, you just see him just deliberately try to break down the fighter. And try to break you down and get you out of there around mm-hmm. eight or nine. Punish yeah. you for a little while. Man. Punish you, then get you out of there. It's real. It's painful. <laughs> it's painful to watch. Yeah, they announced that the Charlo Twins are headlining a, a card on Fox on December 22nd. Um, and it's great because they're both going to be on the card. Jermall is going to fight uh, Willie Monroe, who we I think the last time I saw him was when Triple G destroyed him. And Jermall is going to fight Tony Harrison. So that's going down in Brooklyn. Excited about that. Brooklyn is really becoming a uh, a haven, you know. Um, yeah, now this Charlo fight against Triple G, when would that take place? I, you know what? I don't think any of those – I think all of that, as much as it sounds mandatory, I don't know how mandatory it really is because obviously these guys are fighting other people. And Gennady is talking about – Tom Lawler is saying that Gennady's fighting uh, that, that guy, the other European guy in Tokyo at the end of the year. So I don't know – I'm not exactly sure what all of this means. The guy that they were saying that they – the mandatory yeah. that they took – Yeah, 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 yeah. You just see the whole big ball of wax and see how they work to get those belts away from Gennady in general. Yes. This is the way that I felt because he was he's not a glamour a glamour champ. He doesn't talk a lot of trash. He's not a flash and dash. He's got substance, and they need somebody to sell the show, although I feel like his skill set should be enough to sell the show. Right. But they actually work to get those belts away from him, and if, for him to get them back is going to— He's going to need to be 20 eight years old again. Yes. Because the kind of work he's going to have to get to get to the chance to get his belts back. At this point, Gennady's He'll be fighting, so wore out. Yeah, he's fighting to get his, his paper up to basically to get all the money that he didn't get to get when he was just running through guys. Mm-hmm. And I'm not mad at him. Wish the best for the champ. Uh, I am happy for Tevin Farmer. Tevin Farmer. Yeah, you've always been high on him. I have been high on him. And he got his belt. He got that dub. And now he's talking crazy because Javante Davis has been talking forever I'll get you a belt, then we'll do it. Blah, 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 blah. And Javante has problems. Tank seems to have problems with Mayweather. Mayweather's now declined the offer for him to fight him uh, because Eddie Hearn threw out the offer for Tevin Farmer to fight him. Mm-hmm. They Promotions have just declined it. Once again, the politics of boxing are a nightmare. It's really a nightmare. It just, it just keeps just politics in general, right? Be- yeah. Because everybody's ego and money outweighs the actual substance of the sport of what people want to do or see. And what people want to see. Bob Arum just actually just had a statement and said the only thing that stopped in Earl Spence and Terrence Crawford is Mr. Cancer is what he calls him. And he said, Mr. Cancer is Al Heyman. Wow. That's what, he, that's what he said. He said it on FightHype.com. You can check that. It's very, very interesting from a guy who's made some of the biggest fights in the His, boxing history. Yeah. 
and survived three plane crashes, surprisingly. That's crazy. That's nuts. Yeah. So, you know, I, I don't know. And now the the San Lomachenko is saying he wants to fight Mikey Garcia, which I think is a great fight to that, have. That would probably be one of the best fights of the year. That would probably be the best fight of the year because those dudes are going to go at it. Right. Um, but there's a lot to be lot to be seen. A lot to be seen. I would take Mikey in that fight. I would take Mikey in that fight. I, I, once again, we're going back to just like we are talking about in baseball. We're going back to the fundamentals. Yeah. You know? Very excited about that. And they're saying in boxing that's coming to L.A. with that big uh, bomb squad and Tyson Fury fight on December 1st, Luis Ortiz just joined the card. Uh-oh. So it's going to be like a, a Royal Rumble of heavyweights. The only guy's going to be missing is your boy Spark Out, Mike. <laughs> well, the champ. That's the real champ. <laughs> he's got to take take it easy. He, he's figuring it out. Who, who's next? He is figuring it out. I can't say that, that uh, bomb squad ain't the real champ, though, but – but definitely, yeah, the, the bomb the major, the, yeah. But the major draw in the in the division is uh, Joshua, and they keep trying to play the the chess game to properly get guys, you in know, place. the right fight for yeah. the for the right money. And it, it sounds like next April is when it's going down, and that's the fight I want to be at. Oh my goodness, are you crazy? There's nothing like the heavyweights. Eighty, ninety thousand people. Nothing like the heavyweights. Everybody makes it seem like all these not not that the little guys aren't as important, but the heavyweights. These are one hitter quitters. Yes. The, the the game or the fight can change in the, in a matter of seconds. Yes, yes. I mean, it's going Ask down. Let's go. It's going down. Yeah, the big boys, and that's uh. Yeah, I honestly feel like Clint, um like Fury is going to give uh your boy Bomb Squad a problem just yeah. by the size and the awkwardness of his style. I just don't think he's looked good in his in his return. No, no, and no. and. He was a champ, so it's not like you know what I mean. It was, it's a, I, I, he's very unorthodox, which is a problem. Yeah, but I haven't seen his chin checked when I, I, when I go over it. I haven't seen anybody I've seen him get dropped. But but part of that has to do with him with his awkwardness. Yeah, really. Uh huh. I didn't know if Tyson Fury got dropped. Yep, and got off the mat and got off the mat, right? Ooh, I mean, impressed. Huh? 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 Got your nose, mate. <laughs> yeah. And uh, there's some great tennis going on in Singapore. I said Shanghai, but it's going on over in tennis in uh, Singapore. We got the WTA, the the, the women's uh, tours championship at the end of the year for the rankings and everything. Sloane Stephens, uh, Naomi Osaka, Kerber. Wow. It's, it's yeah, it's going down. I don't know if you've watched any of it, but you guys can catch it all over on Tennis Channel. Um, Kerber beat Naomi Osaka, and Sloane Stephens beat Naomi Osaka the other day. So now. Uh, and Sloan Stevens just beat Burton's. It's going to be interesting. I don't think anything gets decided because of the way that the tournament is set up. But we're set up to start the year in Australia next year with a really exciting tennis year. Yeah. Really, really exciting. Because you still, on the men's side, you still have all of the goats that are there. And uh, Nadal just reported an injury. I hope it's not too serious. Uh, because it would be great to get one more go around with him and Federer and Djokovic all at the top of their game. But there seems to be a youth movement in tennis as well. Major youth movement. Yeah. The, the Greek kid won the other day. The the kid we met out there in Miami, Sitsipas, I don't know how to say his name, um, but he won. I was really happy for him. It's a, just a youth movement in general. Time is taking place, and it's the changing of the guard, and everybody, you know, is is reluctant to give up that power for, understandably so. You're in that light. You're bathing in that limelight, and you don't want to give it up, you know? But this is what happens in sports. Bathing in it. It is. You just gotta bathe in it. You gotta pull it out of me. <laughs> what do you use? You use a, a gel or what what do you use? The bar shows coconut oil, natural <laughs> dog, and just pull out every single piece of power from my pores. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. All right, you got anything else for us? Are we going to uh, touch a little football? Talk about your boy? Oh, I don't even know. Let's, uh, we, we can speak on it very quickly. Ladies and gentlemen, the divorce papers, I'm trying to serve Mark Davis, but I'll settle for John Gruden. I, I'm, I'm, I have one foot out of the Raider Nation. The, the biggest problem is, is they're still in California, so I have to support. But uh, what, I'm, what I'm seeing is a total deconstruction. Now, Derek Carr said he wasn't crying. The video looked like he was crying. <laughs> uh, but you know what? This is this guy has single-handedly wrecked an organization. This is unbelievable to single-handedly. me. Single-handedly. John Gruden took the money, got rid of Khalil Mack, which was unacceptable. You can't do that. You can't get rid of the best the defensive player in football. Him and Aaron Donald, and then you get rid of 
Amari Cooper. Now, now you get rid of Amari Cooper. Watch Amari Cooper go ball. This is a great pickup for the Cowboys. Yeah, and for a draft pick? Are you crazy? Huh? <laughs> for a draft pick? So now everybody's saying that the Raiders— They're saying Derek Carr's on his next, his next to go. Well, of course, John Gruden said nobody else is getting traded, which he had already told the locker room that he's currently losing right now, that nobody was getting he's traded. He's lost the locker room. Yeah. He's lost. And, and, and what's happened is the game is passing by. This is no— if ands or buts. Yeah. Because you're talking about a guy who's trading all of his players that are still young for draft picks. These guys are proven products, and you're trading them for draft picks. Well, how can you trade them for draft picks? These are unproven products that are coming out of college. This hit and miss. And Amari Cooper has shown you what time it is if you put the scheme of the offense around getting him the ball. Yes. So now the Raiders. Derek Carr has shown you what time it is if you put the scheme, if you put him in a position to, to, to win. So now the Raiders really effectively have no receivers. Jordy Nelson. Dude, the Raiders are low key the worst team in football. <laughs> Dude, I, I'll take I'll take it. I'll take the Browns over the Raiders he right now. It. <laughs> the Raiders are terrible, but there's some teams that are really good, and it happens to be the team that I am the fictional GM of. <laughs> As expected, the Rams are totally unstoppable. I don't even know, honestly. You look at the schedule. I don't even see a team that really. I don't, how the Rams lose if they have a mental lapse? Yeah, they, it just might. Outside of that, I don't see who beats the Rams. I don't see who beats them because they're. Above average, well above average, offensively and defensively. Cowboys are garbage. Yeah. Shout out to Cowboy Kev. Yeah, KC, KC looks great with that kid, but they let KC Tom Brady beat him. I don't and, think and Andy Reid is going to find a way to snatch Andy, defeat from Andy, the jaws of victory. And he did that with the Patriots. And he'll do it in January. And not only that, you want to have shootouts like that, and when other teams can have any kind of defense to slow or stop you down, then what are you going to do? And since the Patriots got Julian Edelman back, they look like the Patriots. Yeah, did they – they don't have defense once again. No, they don't. They didn't have it last year, and they went to the Super Bowl. And they lost. Yeah. But they're there again. It's yeah. like LeBron James in the East. Yeah. <laughs> Every year he's there. Yeah. Serious. It's a problem. And I don't – I don't. the Patriots are the Patriots, but the Rams are the next level. I don't even know what to put on them. Yeah, they're the next level. I mean, they – and High girly. It didn't take long woods. for them to gel. <laughs> and you can't say enough about uh, McVay. Because yeah. he has a team, they believe in each other, they're ready to play. Jared Goff looks great. Jared Goff looks great. Now, how does Jeff Fisher feel? <laughs> like a champ, he got paid. He, got, he feels $45 million better. <laughs> That's he, how he he's feels. He's giving you the John, well, John Gruden is giving you the Jeff Fisher right he now. He is, he is. <laughs> he's Jeff Fisher in you. To double the double the rate. Double the rate. $100 million. How about I'll really run this team into the ground <laughs> for 100 <laughs> How about that? Wow. This dude Fisher literally said that Jared Goff couldn't perform because he couldn't understand. He the couldn't book. read defenses. Yeah, he couldn't, he couldn't, read, de- he couldn't understand the, the playbook. <laughs> they put him in the game and he's lit the league up. He's lighting the league up. I mean, Jeff Fisher effectively gave Todd Gurley a bad year. Even <laughs> that takes a lot of work. <laughs> nice work. It's <laughs> a lot. That's of what work. they paid him for. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was Shane McVay that paid him. It's Sean McVay. I think that's who paid him to make sure that he somebody did better when he got the job. Oh my goodness, this is ugly. It's an ugly look. Ugly look. All right. Well, it's a, a, a full bone edition of the 100th episode of the Ozone, folks. Thanks for rocking with us. I'll leave you with a quote from Ethiopia. No matter how many times you wash a goat, it will still smell like a goat. Put that in your peace pipe and smoke it. We're all in this thing together, folks. Make sure that you are registered and go out to vote. Voting matters, folks, wherever you are. It is the only way that we can secure the democracy that we have is to participate. So go vote. Wash yourself so you don't smell like a goat. This is the Ozone. Ozone. I'm just living the dream. I'm in love with the lights.